Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world, looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. Welcome to Lead Time. Tim Allman here with Jake Bessling. We are husbands and fathers, uh, pastors, leaders, frankly, just followers of Jesus who believe that eternities are changed when we and you choose to grow. Today is the first of two parts that we're gonna be walking through a brand new book that just came out a couple months ago called Journey of the Soul by my new friend, Bill, and his wonderful wife, Christy Galtry. I think I'm saying that right, the Galtry family. So Journey of the Soul. It was about a decade ago, no, probably, gee whiz, 12, 13 years ago now that one book profoundly changed my life. And it was called, uh, is called The Critical Journey by a author team, Two are better than one, called Gulig and Hagberg. Gulich and Hagberg back in, back in the day, the critical journey. And, uh, it stages in the life of faith. So journey really hit me and their, their work was like a combination of family systems theory. You could look up Bowen family systems theory and then stage development. So how does the brain grow? How does, uh, the human being go from one who is necessarily needing love and care being built up to then pour out. I guess that's the best best way. And the way they define the journey is the first half of life is having your ego built up. The second half of life is having your ego torn down. And having a built up ego, a sense of self, this is a necessary part of our early maturation stage. But then uh, you hit the wall, something falls apart, and then you say, I gotta die to myself, to my ego, to my agenda, so that the agenda of Christ can be raised up. We've used journey a lot, Jake, over the years. Join the journey, live the journey. Uh, talk about the, the power of the phrase journey in your spiritual development. What I like most about the word journey is that we're all on some part of it. And so um, you can just kind of like identify where along the way are you, um, not just, it has to start with A, then to B, then to C. And so um, life is not so linear. And so you just get to hop into that, um, that life of someone. Like, where are you on this, on this journey? And we like it laid out sometimes, 100, 200, 300, this step, this step, this step. But sometimes you go back, you go forth, you go around, and life's pretty crazy like that. And Jesus is there along the whole way seeing you through it. Amen. So one of the main tenets as we talk about the soul's journey is that down is up. One of our favorite reads by uh, Henry Nouwen called In Jesus' Name, he talks about his story or his success was actually hurting his soul. And so we got to say right up front that you may be, whether you're a ministry leader or a business leader, you may be leaving be believing the lie that your success is in what you do rather than going on a journey with Jesus who carries you all of, all of your days. So he talks right up front about a cycle of works um, versus a cycle of grace. Why don't you nail that down for us, Jake? What's the difference between works and grace? The four parts of the cycle of works, expectations, achievements, ego, empty, uh, wow, empty, the tank is empty. You're on the side of the freeway, you know? So all of these works really lead toward this depressed soul, yeah. this empty self. So we are all on a journey 
to discover the best life, right? And the lie of the world is that success will lead toward pride. I've made it. But yet, if you really pause long enough to look at your heart, you'll say, is this really it? Like, I was made for, created by God for more than just having my ego built up. So talk to us about the cycle of grace. The sweet, I love this phrase, the sweet rhythms of grace. So much better. Yeah, the sweet rhythms and cycle in the journey of grace lead toward acceptance by God and of yourself. A lot of energy, Mm -hmm. your self-esteem being built up and the right identity being in Christ. And also then there's gonna be an outpouring of fruit of, of those works, but now they're based on real fruit from the Spirit. So this book uses an acronym, and I love the power. Go back and listen to our conversation about Limitless, the power of acronyms to kind of stick. And so like any good Christian leader, Bill wonderfully uh, grabs the Christ acronym to talk about the six stages of the spiritual journey. And now right up front, this isn't like, Progress, Like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. He's gonna give you us a number of handles to say, I think I'm more often in, in this stage, but this is a season of grace. And you may go to like stage five and then you're like, oh, a lot of the things that I forgot in stage one, like I'm, I'm going back and that's going, that's going forward. So this is not like, this is not, this is more cyclical than it is linear. So the first one is confidence in Christ. Confidence in Christ, we're talking a lot about identity, then helps in discipleship. We're starting to use our our hands and then responsibilities in in ministry. We're starting to actually grow as a leader. So the first three, confidence, I'm starting to help. We're growing in our responsibilities, but then what happens, Jay? Yeah, and we're gonna take these three on here in a minute for the first episode, and then you're gonna come back next week and we're gonna talk about the next three. You hit the wall, and then it's I-S-T, inner journey, Spirit-led ministry, and T, transforming union. Let's walk through these together. Stage one, love this, a confidence in Christ. We receive God's spirit in baptism. We're born again, we're fresh, we're alive. Paul says we're a new creation. It's really a new adventure in then following Jesus as our Lord, and he shapes in all of our life. What kind of characteristics are there? And I love the early years. Go back and take yourself to like, For me, my mind goes back to being 13 and being at Dallas Stadium at Promise Keepers. I go here a lot, but like I want to be that 13-year-old boy that just has this awe and wonder that I could have a part in God's massive, massive story. And you see this a lot, though, in new Christians, right? Mm -hmm. Like, wow, I'm on fire. I'm excited. Life is new. Uh, but it was already there, but it's just like you see Jesus and everything. There's huge potential. And here's some characteristics. I mean, you're, you're, you're called by God. Yeah. You know, you are called, um, from an actual one true God that made you, that fashioned you, that gave you free will. And now you're seeing everything as a response to his goodness. You're like a child. Um, and a lot of research shows that children, are not thinking things primarily, they're experiential, they're 
feeling. And so before your faith in this stage is like super reasonable, this is not the stage to go crazy on apologetics, by the way. <laughs> it's to draw them into the stories of Jesus, to awaken their imagination. This is where we all start in the uh, confidence in Christ. And in the journey, Jesus always reminds us, become like a child, stay like a child. Yes, mature, but it's still on this, I'm a child, he's the father. I need to continue to get my nutrition spiritually and your whole life from him. You're always gonna be dependent and have that character. So the main characteristics is childlike faith and trust and dependence. Some of the roadblocks, and I love, we're gonna be talking about characteristics and then roadblocks during this, this uh, What's stage. What's soul splitting? So there's a soul splitting between, go to Galatians chapter five, between the flesh, you're at war with the flesh, and then life in the spirit. And so we want to put to death the ways of the world and be raised up anew. So the new Christians, let's look at the book of of Acts and all of Paul's letters. He's getting super, super specific with baby Christians, Gentiles who had other practices now being brought into the family of faith. He centers on their identity in Jesus and then says very pointedly, you should not be connected to sexual immorality, drunkenness, divisiveness, all these kinds of things. So the soul split is between who I am and then who I am becoming. It, it also has in the book roadblocks of not feeling safe and love. Can you expand upon that? Yeah, so Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the number one is, is safety. And I think the, the number one characteristic, I'm, I'm connected to a family of believers. If you're an adult and you, by the power of the Spirit, say, Jesus is my Lord, like some other family allegiance. Think, think of a brother or sister in Christ uh, who came out of the LDS tradition, was a Mormon. And a lot of those family relationships are no more. Um, and they may have even been excommunicated. Will they find safety and security in, in the body of Christ and be, be discipled there? That's great. Let's take some practical steps here of advice for confidence in Christ. Love these four. Imagine yourself in your favorite Jesus story. Don't just read it, but imagine yourself there, taking it in, exploring. Um, what do you smell? What do you see? How is Jesus talking? And he's talking to you. He's forgiving you. He's transforming you. Look at a picture of yourself as a child. When was the last time you did this? Long time ago. <laughs> and pray to Jesus about how you felt at that age. Yeah, not just talking about it, but really looking at yourself as a kid. Um, and I pray that was a good experience for you as a child. Yeah, I mean, I got a two-year-old picture of me. My mom pulled out a memory album about a year ago That's or so. That's what moms do. Saw a two-year-old picture of me. And look at the, look at these eyes, like the joy, the wonder, the adventure. What just you were playing, playing with and yeah. hanging out. And just the life is before you kind of stuff. I love this one. Sing a praise song like a young child with hand motions and dancing. We were at a pastoral meeting the other day and saw these little kids in a chapel, preschool kids. I mean, they were just dancing and loving and, and, and just singing to the Father. And then the last one, smile back at, at Jesus. Smile back at Jesus smile. and going to that memory. Out. There was, I really practiced this. I really put myself with the kids down on the mat as we listened to this preschool teacher. Do you remember being a preschool, having a preschool teacher or maybe a kindergarten teacher who slowed down and talked to you in a very sweet, kind voice? And this is what this lady did. And I got Holy Spirit goods. I was like just in that moment as, as four-year-old little Timmy. So the other one is smile back at Jesus as your prayer of love. He smiles over you 
you have permission to smile back. So that is stage one as we develop our confidence in Christ. Then we move to stage two, which is starting to learn to help in discipleship. Jake. Yeah, we, ho- we grow in grace through community with other Christians, followers of Jesus, and practicing then spiritual practices, disciplines, like participating in church services, Bible studies, different rhythms like that. Characteristics, Yeah, you get to ask a lot of questions. Who is Jesus? How can I trust the Bible? What is life all about? How can I be sure that I'm saved? I love people that are asking those questions. I can see that where they're, and they're exploring like, how do I really know this? How can you help, Pastor? I don't really know this. How can you help disciple? You've been at this for a while. Tell me more. Yeah, exactly. They're starting to be at that place where the brain is connecting to the heart. They want a lot of knowledge. They want to find themselves in the story of Jesus and not only find themselves there, but they want to be able to communicate. So if you're a church leader, how are you giving a lot of people handles, ways to tell the great the great story from creation all the way to new creation on the last day? Folks that are in helps them discipleship, they want to learn spiritual practices. Second point of characteristics, use spiritual practices, disciplines for their own personal growth. So are you getting super, super tangible to say, Here's a Bible reading plan. Here's how you could connect a Bible reading plan to care for your body as you continue to grow. Here's how you could start to, to habit stack and, and cast vision for, for your life as a follower of Jesus and your biblical knowledge continuing to expand. And you're not doing this alone. Yep. Who are those that have gone before you that you admire? Like, wow, they, man, they follow Jesus. And, and Paul says in the scriptures, Follow me as I follow Christ. And that doesn't, it's not an arrogant statement. It's like, dude, I've been doing this for a while. I have my hurts, habits, hangups. I've confessed them. Um, I, I've won in these areas of my life. Let's sit, let's talk. Let me mentor you in the faith. And I, I, it would be incredible to see every Christian have that. Exactly. Identify who is pouring into me and what a benefit to the muscles of the body of Christ mm-hmm. to be asked. Yeah. Or for you as a Christian to go and, and ask people, hey, I, I'd love for you to sit under my um, experiences, my experiences, <laughs> and, and, and hang out. Yeah, wow. that's so good. So roadblocks in helps in discipleship. First one is legalism. We as human beings think more simply. And we don't, especially in this stage, choose to see complexity in the world. And so the life of faith may be more black and white. Us versus them. This is the first half of life. And it needs to get built up. Like we're starting to build maybe the apologetics to give a reason for the hope that we have within us. So another roadblock could be misinterpreting the scriptures. So they have a struggle integrating feelings with their thoughts. They may struggle to see that we are first and foremost feeling and loving beings rather than just thinking things. And you know, folks are in this stage, pastor, leader, I gotta get in the word. I gotta get in the word. But I love being a, a Christian who comes from a Lutheran tradition. So start to talk to them about law and gospel, to see all of scripture through those lens of, of law and gospel. Other roadblocks, Jake. Yeah, I think this is a big one where you start following Jesus and you think life is gonna be so much easier when it can be um, easier in your perspective, your yoke is easy, burden light from Jesus. But it's harder because you're like, wow, you mean I still have to struggle and suffer and take the way of the cross. And so people then are prone to shame. 
that they mess up, they struggle with hurts, habits, and hangups, anxieties, questions, they don't have all the answers, um, they think that they're gonna do better with some kind of sin and they still fall into temptation and so they could be led to shame. So a lot of that is just go into Romans 7 that you say Paul the, the, says he's the chief of sinners. Yeah. Even though he traveled the known world proclaiming Jesus, he met Jesus himself on the road um, to Damascus and he was still filled with this tension that in the body, because of sin, I want to do good, but I keep doing wrong. Yeah. And he confesses it and he moves through with the spirit. So um, kind of kind of look for that in people's stories yeah. and, and don't set them up to think that they're going to be perfect. Exactly, exactly. So helps in discipleship, I believe, is where a lot of people in the American church are. I, agree. I wouldn't say they're necessarily stuck per se because it's not... Um, we're all we're all on a journey, but something has been there's been a roadblock where the heart and the mind we've not maybe cast vision. The Holy Spirit has kind of maybe not allowed them to to move forward, and we as a church have not equipped them to move forward. And and that's kind of sad. One of the saddest stories Bill and Christy tell in in the book is mm-hmm. of a man who in his later years became a follower of Jesus, was baptized, and then he says, "Well, I should start reading the Bible." And so over five years, he read this, and no joke. He, he went through the Bible 144 times. That's wild. Yet he died, he must and his joyful uh, person. nephew said, I can't believe you read the Bible 144 times, but he died one of the meanest cusses I'd ever, I'd ever seen. So something got stuck uh, between the Bible coming up here, but not changing his actual life. So our goal here is to show empathy with yourself as you recognize the gap between who the Bible says you should be and who you actually are. You are growing, you'll always be growing, and life is not about perfection, it is about progress. That leads us to stage three. You start to, okay, I got some responsibilities in ministry. The definition is this. It's an honor to use our gifts to serve God and others in our church, family, community, or vocation. But we're also prone to get in trouble from being overly ambitious and relying, I've seen this many times, and relying on our own abilities rather than the Holy Spirit, the strength that God provides. Yeah, the characteristics in this stage, responsibility and ministry, we're ready to share what we're learning. We're doers. John Wesley um, said a few different things here. Do all the good you can by all the means you can in all the places you can to all the people you can as long as you ever can. That is that's awesome. <laughs> so you can see you start to find your identity in the things you're good at. You want to serve and you may be prone to loving the accolades of others. This is, like I said, first half of life, ego getting built up. It's not a bad thing. We need to know this is what I'm good at. This is what where I come alive, right? Um, so service is so, so needed. The Bible uses uh, the term leader six times, but the word servant <laughs> 885 times. So we've got to have a lot of people who are at stage three saying, here I am, send me. I don't, I don't just want to receive it. I don't just want to be a reservoir. I want to be a river so that the word of God can flow through me. Yeah, you continue to learn that Jesus has this uh, easy teaching for you easy and light. It's all about grace. It's this unforced rhythm of grace and grace and grace. Every day is a grace-filled experience with Jesus. And the Holy Spirit in this this stage, you're like, wow, the Holy Spirit is really teaching me who I am and who what my purpose is uh, and calling to serve others. There's a lot of roadblocks though too. Yeah. There can be a false identity 
in what you do. Yeah, so your identity is what you do rather than what's been done for you. And then burnout, there's guilt for not doing enough. Like you feel this pressure, which is kind of back to the cycle of works of I, I, I gotta do all these things for Jesus yeah. in my life. It better count. Yeah. Um, and before you know it, I gotta be the best husband. I gotta be the best wife. I gotta be you know all these things to all these people. So one of the invitations for folks, if you're a leader casting vision for a number of your servant leaders, is to move from being a doer to a developer at this, at this time, doer to developer. But inevitably, you will hit a wall. In this world, you might, you maybe, well, no, no, you will have trouble. Something will happen where your own doing, your own self-sufficiency is no longer sufficient. So the wall, uh, due to overworking, spiritual dryness, a faith crisis, suffering, we may find ourselves at the wall. Usually this happens in the responsibilities in faith stage, the R stage. We're working through this I stage, but at each stage, we're gonna get to the I stage in our next episode, But at each stage, whether it's responsibilities or the inner journey that we're gonna talk about, there's this this wall. You can't get over it, You're, you're stuck. It's a transitional season, not a stage. It's where our will is firmly confronted by God's will. So there's this tension of of our self versus God's self. Uh, It combines danger and yet opportunity. So that tension, like, I don't know what this is gonna look like. But I also have this like sense of adventure in my, in my spirit, but this is risky. Do I go risky. for it? There's faith. Yeah, so I love how he says there's six types of, of walls. Could be burnout, overwork in a job or, or ministry. A wall could be spiritual burnout. So you've been just pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, but you've not been receiving. So spiritual I've, I've done both of those one and two. <laughs> uh, third is a blowout, a moral failing, compromise. We don't see any really spiritual nice. leaders having that problem, do we? Uh, Hello. All over. Yep. Number four, personal crisis. There's a disease, cancer, um, different struggle with uh, the body, family problems. Uh, divorce, grief, depression. There could wow, be a this faith. Happy. This is happening all over the place. This is happy. You're like identifying, I'm at the wall right now, you know? There could be a faith crisis, could be disbelief. Disbelief is popular right now, by the way. Making our disbelief very public and almost uh, proud of it. So they're at, they're at a place of a wall, right? Disbelief or cynicism about the faith. And then the last one, it could be a dark night of the soul. Man, so far it's just hitting me like, because we are pastors and, and as disciples of Jesus, as leaders, really identifying where people are. You so, know, as you're hearing yeah, exactly. their story, like, wow, exactly. where, have they, where have they gone? Are they in, the, I mean, <clears throat> wow, canceling, counseling someone at the wall stage. Yeah. Like you're, it, it, this is a part of life. And let's, it's, a, it's a part of life for absolutely everyone. Very, very normal. So how do we normalize it? But also paint the picture that this wall is... So tall. I'm thinking of Trump right now. I'm gonna build a wall. Gonna be huge. Like this wall is so, so huge. There is no possible way. You're the best wall climber possible. There is no possible way you can get, get over it on your own. So what moves us to the second half of life and over the wall? Here it is. We learn to rest in the empathy and mercy of Christ and abandon ourselves uh, to the Lord's will. Maybe it's a vision of Christ coming to you down a mountain and you are just at your wits. You can't, like, it is so big. He comes to you and guess what he does? He picks you up like a sack of potatoes. He puts you on his back and he carries you and you realize 
He's carrying your cross. What should happen for you? There's no possible way you can take that journey on your own. And you learn to do absolutely nothing and be with Jesus. It's okay to just rest and be in his presence, that it's your identity in him, not in what you do. You learn holy idleness. I like this Winnie the Pooh quote from Bill and, and Christy. And I'm not even going to try and do a Winnie the Pooh voice, but doing nothing often leads to the very best something. Doing nothing often leads so to the very best. So countercultural to what we, we do something. in America. Accept your emotions and your you learn your to do it right? that you need um, out of out of life and your rhythms to be healthy spiritually. Ask for prayer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. How many people have not asked for prayer from anyone? Yeah. Um, but at this stage, you're like, I can't do this without help from the Holy Spirit. There's some roadblocks. It could be distrusting God. You just don't believe, like, is he really there? Um, you forget his faithfulness. Mm. And and that would be countered with hearing, remembering the stories in the, the first two stages or the first three stages of how he's been faithful, what he's actually done for you and cared for you. Yeah, so if you do not have the book, Pick it up, maybe between Amazon, we'll get it to you super, super quick. Uh, and then you can join us for our second part as we go into the second half of life as our ego is torn down so that the new man and woman in Christ may be raised up. Journey of the soul is a good day. Go and make it a great day. Jesus is alive. He is reigning. Praise reigning in your heart. Sharing is caring. And can't wait to see you next week on Lead Time. Journey, journey, journey. Peace out. Journey, journey of the soul. You have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. You can subscribe on your favorite platform where you listen to podcasts or by visiting ChristGreenfield.Church forward slash CGTV. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Friday for another episode of Lead Time.